Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian. Down below me, down over there is John Morris. And over on this side, which is my left, maybe your right, is Sierra Holtz, also known as the Real Fisherwoman. Today, we're going to be talking to Sierra uh, about her uh, YouTube and her fishing and how she catches all of these fish and her backstory, uh, because it's just really fascinating to see uh, uh all of these beautiful walleye and smallmouth that she's catching all the time. Not only that, but the way that she puts her videos together and everything else is just super cool. Uh, if you haven't checked out her, her YouTube or you don't know about her, we're going to have more of that information at the end of the podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the other stuff here also, probably a little bit of fishing technique and everything else, but we, we've, we've, uh, sworn her to silence on some of the stuff that actually works. So <laughs> hopefully um, you'll be able to pick up some stuff, but really today is about the real fisherwoman and, and her story. And we wanted to bring that to all of our wonderful fans on Instagram and YouTube. So Sierra, thank you so much for being on the podcast, being willing to come on and uh, welcome to the show. Um, I guess uh, lead off and let us know who you are. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast ever, so that's really exciting for me. Um, so I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm a beach girl. <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> and even though the ocean was right there, I never ended up fishing, was never into fishing or sports. I was always like an artsy person into dance or whatever. Um, but I became vegetarian when I uh, volunteered in Israel on a farm <laughs> um, where they killed a lamb like from the farm like for them to eat um, and I wanted to see what because I had never seen an animal get killed before so I wanted to be there for that process if I was going to eat it at least. So um, I saw it and it turned me off of meat. <laughs> so I became like vegetarian and then vegan at one point and I went back. But then I just started to learn more about like the meat industry and the environmental impacts and that just like really turned me off of meat. Um, but during that time, I was not really taking care of my body per se. So I found that I was actually needing meat in my diet to actually get the nutrients. Um, so I decided that the most ethical way to do that was to just go out there in the wild and get my own meat. So um, that's when I started fishing, which was like two years ago. Um, and I've just been watching YouTubers ever since. And I thought like there weren't a lot of female YouTubers out there. So I thought it'd be cool if maybe I started one um, and shared my journey and experiences catching fish and hunting hopefully this year. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the, the rundown of my, <laughs> of the journey. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Really, honestly, so much for coming on and you answered my question, so now I'm out of questions. So, oh no! But my, my so I, I, what I like to do is I go through 
we, we all meet each other more or less through Instagram yeah. or other facets of social media. So what I like to do is I like to go to the person's page that's coming up with us. And usually I do a lot, lot more homework, but uh, honestly, it's hard to do homework on you. Um, but the very, your very first post, you're holding this pike and it's from 2019. Okay. And, and I was like, I was, I so <laughs> was, what was your first fishing trip then? You know, you, you, you come from, uh, Oh yeah. I get what we, you we've got, yeah, yeah. We, we've, yeah. Like how did I start actually like yeah. fishing? Yeah. Yeah, so I live in the capital of Canada, which is Ottawa, and there's the Ottawa River like right next to me. Um, so my partner and I, we started fishing together, like to do together. So we would just like walk there basically um, and fish. And honestly, we fished there for a month and didn't catch anything. So we were pretty <laughs> discouraged. Um, but then we fished somewhere else I think we might it might have been like Quebec because we he has family my partner is Quebecois so he's from Canada and um, so his family is in Quebec and there's amazing fishing in Quebec so I think oh no I'm so sorry I remember the first fish I caught it was in Quebec but it was with uh, one of my friends it was like a family reunion and I was like I want to fish and eat what I catch and so I ended up catching like a little bass or something mm -hmm. and the person there was like all right let's uh let's play and fry it up and it was awesome <laughs> and <laughs> yeah I yeah that was I think I have a picture actually on Instagram of the fish so. awesome <laughs> Yeah, me like holding it up, like super excited. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but Quebec is like an, oh, sorry. Oh, go Quebec ahead. is an awesome place to fish uh, just because like they have pretty strict regulations, but that's only because they, they want to maintain, you know, the populations um, so that fishing can, so that everyone can enjoy it, obviously. So, um, I actually really appreciate that. Um, it's hard when you can't fish for a certain species, fish while they're spawning. So you have to literally just wait <laughs> until they're done spawning uh, to fish them. And that can be a bit hard, um, especially when you accidentally catch them. Um, you're not allowed to take pictures. You just have to release them because um, you could be fined if you post like a bass when it's out of season. So. Oh, hold up yeah boom so like if you post a, a picture yeah. of you like holding this like i don't know like giant smallmouth because yeah. you catch some hogs by mm -hmm. the way you're holding this giant smallmouth and it's spawning season and you post this to your instagram you could you can uh, find yeah i don't know if you know um captain wildlife that's his instagram yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. he's in quebec too and he actually studied like fishing laws in quebec specifically and he's the one that told me that so um, that, yeah that, that dude's got some nice hair yeah. <laughs> i know right wow like it's impressive it, like hair, hair commercials like oh he, pantene he, for sure yeah, yeah. 
I, I I just I picture him just you know ripping skids, just hauling ass yeah. through the woods on his on his quad, and then he takes off his helmet. And he's just like, whoosh. yeah. And then he and then he's he's like this Disney princess. I imagine all these birds like coming out and singing and stuff. That's that's how I picture him. But <laughs> oh geez, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh man, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's awesome. That, so yeah, fun fact about him. <laughs> so, it's it's interesting to me, yeah. just like just like John. I mean, is it's mind blowing because you're you're talking about you know bass and walleye during spawn and pike during spawn, musky during spawn, and and the 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 fisheries people are have the foresight to say, hey, look don't mess with these fish during their spawn time. Uh, and and you, I, you sound like you were going to say something. Maybe I was incorrect in my assessment. I'm just going off the species that I know that are in your area. But, but as an example, spawning fish in general, they're, they're like, don't, don't be a social media guy. Like, you know, doing a duck lips, holding your fish up if it's during spawn time. Otherwise we're going to come and tag you. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um they're pretty serious about it you know but for good reason like i appreciate it too because then we catch all these amazing fish like yeah. i mean it's uh, i i appreciate that too and uh, you know we've got a delay harvest stream near me and the first time i ever heard about delayed harvest was actually from uh, one of our friends in virginia on the Holmes Run. The Holmes Run is this delayed harvest stream in the middle of like urban chaos over there by DC. But we have one here in Arkansas where I fish and I didn't really understand it at first coming, you know, from like a catch and keep family. That's that's yeah. really how I was raised. I didn't get more into like the sport or like therapeutic aspect of it until, you know, way down the road. And what I, uh, when I learned, you know, like, oh, well, this is how they stock these trout. And then this is, this is why it's delayed harvest because of, you know, A, B, C, and D yeah. all, all the way down to Z, because there's, there's literally good, there's an infinite amount of good reasons why to let fish yeah. be fish <laughs> without human interaction, yeah. you know? Brian's going through some pretty serious stuff where he lives with that right really? now though his might his might be a little bit over the top I don't know Brian yeah. what do you think about on that one? No, I don't want to talk about it <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so we're starting to see some turnaround here um I just looked at the latest uh, dam passage numbers and we went from last week at this time five coho going over Bonneville Dam up to 4,000 yesterday. So there's been a, a pretty massive spike of inland run, but yeah, it, it's, it's an ugly situation right now. And, and there's, there's so many factors. It's so dry here. Uh, yeah. it, and this is not a dry mm. place traditionally, but today we had mist coming down and all that. I had one bass hit my top water, which tells me that, um, you know, the, the, the temperature's changing, the barometric pressure's dropping and the bass are going to go hide out. And that means that there's one thing happening and that's, you know, fish are going to push up, but it's, it's a pretty ugly situation right now. 
and, and it, there's a lot of factors. I don't want to go into all of it, you know, cause it, <laughs> we could, we could go, I could go on for hours and hours. I've, I've, you know, argued until I'm blue in the face with certain people on it. And it's like, yeah, so <laughs> this is, this is your show. I don't want to take it over. So, um, yeah. Oh so, man. Go, go ahead, Brian. If you, if you got something, I don't want to step on you. We're bad about that too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I forewarned her about us tripping over each other. <laughs> I said, yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a delay. And I said, like, uh, 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 you know, and, and all that. So, so you, you get into fishing because of, uh, your, it, it, it spawned from originally eating meat to seeing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, probably the kosher slaughter of, of an animal, which if, if anybody out there knows what a kosher slaughter is, it's not production. And, and, and if you, if you have to go to YouTube to see a production, and I'm surprised that you know about that. Well, you were um, in Israel, correct? Like a lot of people don't. Yeah, no, I'm, it's interesting that you knew like that it was done a different way. Yeah. So, so <laughs> halal, yeah, well, halal and, yeah. and kosher slaughter um, is not necessarily the most pretty or humane looking slaughter. It, it, it does dispatch the animal, but it is a very, uh, uh, brutal way to slaughter animals. So you see this kosher slaughter in Israel of a lamb, which would definitely, most people Mm -hmm. would say, okay, you know what? I'm done eating meat. You go to being vegetarian to vegan, find out that your dietary needs are that you need this, get into fishing and into the, the, the yeah. harvest of fishing. And, and so you go through this whole evolution, you go fishing for your first time and you know, you, you get, you know, well, you get fish eventually, you know, I don't know if you got them on your very first try, but, um, you, you get fish and then it starts no. to grow into this, <laughs> but, but it grew into this passion of like pursuing the fish. Yeah. So you, you do that yeah. because you, not only you eat, but you also release a lot of fish too. So you Mm -hmm. went through this whole transition. When you went through that transition, what inspired you to start sharing your experiences? Um, I think just the fact that I saw a lot of like, excuse my French, fishing whores online. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to be like someone girls could look up to kind of not in that way, like just in a normal way, you know? So um, I think honestly, that did it for me. I was like, no, I've had, I've had enough of this. Like, (laughs) there's got to be other fisher women that don't, you know, stripped down. <laughs> I remember I was uh, fishing at one of my favorite spots in Quebec, and there was these two girls that just went down, uh, stripped down in their bikinis, where they were just taking pictures of the fishing pole, and then they left. Like, they didn't even fish, you know? And I'm just like, they're probably going to get so many likes for this photo, and they're not even fishing. <laughs> So it's a bit frustrating. Uh, I was frustrated. And so that was probably what inspired me. Um, But honestly, like just watching other people create content, um, there's so many different ways to create outdoor content. Um, And also the outdoors is just a beautiful thing to create content on. So um, I just want to be a part of that. And 
yeah, I, I love it. And I love the community too. It's awesome, super positive. Yeah. For the most part, the community is outstanding. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, Luke Duncan refers to your uh, fishing whores as thirst traps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as thirst traps yeah. that's how he refers to them um do you keep up with christine fisher by chance i don't know it, like maybe <laughs> i don't i don't know um, you and her you and her share a very same ideology with uh the perception of being a real angler because uh, you are you're a real angler but you're also a woman but you're not just here for their likes. Yeah. You're here to share. You're here to share fishing. Christine Fisher is um, probably not probably. She is the top um, female kayak bass fishing athlete. Uh, she can consistently places within, you know, like top 10. Oh, uh, and nice. you and, and you and her said some very, very similar things right there. Um so I can get behind that a lot. I appreciate that way more than you know, to be honest. Yeah, um, and honestly, I I read recently that the algorithm on Instagram actually promotes that. Like they uh, they promote that kind of content for people to see, and that I think that's wrong. Like there's so many kids also on YouTube, and like little girls are I don't know, whatever. Right. Uh, and I, I have to yeah. say to that, that, you know, it, it's so admirable that, that you have that viewpoint because in, in a society that is so vain and, and so wrapped up in its own vanity. And I'm from Los Angeles, so I'm, I get I, it. Like I'm from that culture. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're absolutely, you know, you know it, it's good that you recognize that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say everybody from Southern California is vain or, or shallow or anything else. But I can tell right. you that, that, you know, living here in the Pacific Northwest and, and, you know, the West Coast in general, traveling as much as I have and everything else, uh, you can definitely tell that, that the culture of Southern California is very much, it's a facade of, of human beings. And I'm not saying that about everybody, but is, every, yeah. everything is very phony. And when, when I see those, those uh, you know, pages where there's, there's some girl and she's got, you know, just a bikini on and, and out there fishing, I'm like, how can anybody take this person seriously and and that's from my point of view right i, yeah, I guess i'm an older well, guy exactly. you know but, you know I, but i just yeah. i don't understand that you know and i never it never clicked to me ever in in all of my years of like how how do you take that serious and it, how do you take it seriously and why would somebody spend the money on it and so back in my day back when oh, old guy here uh, you know, you, you had, you, you had, you, you had the, the, the bikini calendars that, you know, and you had, uh, the stickers yeah. and the magazines with, you know, like you'd get a gun reloading magazine as a, as a, you know, a thing. And, uh, Dylan presses used to sell these gun reloading presses. I know this is off topic, but you would get that. And it would have a girl with a bikini reloading, you know, 44 Magnum ammo. And it's like, uh, you know, that I guess it gets your attention, but it's not something it, like yeah. delegitimizes the whole process in my mind, I guess, from my point yeah. of view, because it's not something serious. If you're going to do anything, you know, put one of like the, the competitive pistol shooters that are female on there, 
that actually knows how to shoot and knows their stuff about like all, all of these other factors and firearms, instead of somebody wearing a, a Christmas hat and in a bikini, you know, it, it, it's that, it's that sensationalized <laughs> vanity. And I think it's cool because I won't like those pictures, but every time I see you with your partner or by yourself and you guys are holding up like walleye or bass, those are the pictures I like to see because they're real and authentic. Cause you're like, Hey, nailed this one on this lure, you know, today, you know, nailed this one on my new rod. It's authentic. And you're not like, all like, Oh my God. Cause that's, that's, it's so much better in my, in my mind. So that's cool. I agree. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope more people think that as well. <laughs> oh, well, so go ahead. <laughs> so, um, I, I've noticed for a while. So, who is Rascal Mountain? Oh, Rascal Mountain is uh, is the brand that I'm that I'm repping. It's my friend Josh who. Uh, started this company and um honestly the, the it's such good it's champions like the brand you know so the quality is really good um so i highly recommend people checking them out a <laughs> 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 um, little plug in there <laughs> yeah. no but seriously good quality stuff and the brand is dope he's a great editor and graphic designer so good stuff yeah, no, it it's it's not like a shameless plug or anything. I I, I like asking yeah. people who they work with yeah. because we can this this is real just regular conversation, like, hey man, it is like talking to one of my guys, um, uh, you know, he's he works with old 18, right? And that that's why I like stuff like this. It's because we can get real honest feedback. It's not like, oh, hey, go buy this. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I like their stuff. I've been thinking about picking up one of their shirts. Honestly, I, I'm really big into shirts. Oh, yeah? Pants. All my pants look the same, but my shirts. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm a big hat. I'm a big hat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the hats. <laughs> so. Sorry, no, I'm kind of scatterbrained today. So where we talked about pike and we talked about smallmouth. If so, what has been your biggest? Or here, you know, I'll ask this in two different ways. So what is what has been your best catch? However you want to take that, right? And then what has been your biggest catch? Oh. Biggest catch. Hmm. It was probably my biggest was probably a pike that I pulled from the ice while ice fishing. Um, don't know how long it was. Sorry, I don't. I hardly ever measure oh, or weigh, which is so bad. <laughs> I should though. Um, and then my best catch was probably a smallmouth that I caught like a like a month or two ago. Um, it was in a creek that I was just convinced there was no fish in there, but there was this one small mouth and it, it took the hit and I got it and it was giant. And uh, it was like, I was so excited. It was like the most exciting catch. 
and I got it all on video and that's the best part because <laughs> I hate when you have a great catch and then something wrong happens with your video camera. It's like the worst thing, <laughs> but I got it and yeah, it was amazing. Very cool. Yeah, dude, have at it. So, uh, so out of all of those different fish species though, what is your favorite one to fish for? Yeah, probably smallmouth. Just because their fight is so good, yep. you know, and they go in the air. It's awesome. But pike too, actually. I had one go in the air a few times. Yeah, probably between the two, pike or smallmouth. I, I've never, I'm, I'm picturing you said on the ice, right? I've never been ice fishing. It makes me kind of giddy just thinking about it, right? I've heard some awesome stories about it, but dude, like you got a hole like this big and you pulled a pike out of that son of a gun. Like, yeah, the holes are like <laughs> six inches. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're not that thick. Like, well, yeah, long, they can be fish. sizable, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, they can get pretty big, but I haven't caught one that big. So so do you guys have like a bunch of perch and panfish and stuff up there yeah, also? Perch, yeah. perch all the yeah. way. Um, on Lake Champlain, which borders the US. Mm -hmm. um, so my partner's family lives like right there. So we ice fish there in the winter and there's just, there's so many perch that they're actually like stunted, like in growth. So there's no limit on perch because they're also like super small. Like, yeah, they're just very stunted. Um, so you can take as many as you want. And like the family record was like uh, 700 in four hours. One year. Oh, that's like shad fishing. Smokes. Woo. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. yeah. When I heard that, yeah. I mean, that's I was like, wow. So yeah, we go there. Dude, that's like and shad fishing. Like if you get four guys in a boat and when, when shad are running, that's exactly what it's like. It's like you have crap flying everywhere at that point. If you're catching that many fish per hour, because yeah. 700 fish to seven to 240 fish an hour, right? Or 210 fish an hour, somewhere in there. You're catching 210 fish per hour. You break that down. You, that's just yeah. like, that's the astronomical number. John, check my math. I don't know if you were or not, <laughs> but, but. That's like 210 fish an hour. That's, that's stupid. That's 105 fish every half hour. That's a lot of <laughs> yeah. fish, but that's cool because that's so, that's like an mm -hmm. amazing amount of, of like just hook, 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 you know, like you got them flailing everywhere. There's, it's just got to be like a circus inside the ice tent or whatever, you know, whatever you're fishing in. Well, so they set up, um, uh, what are they called? Tippers or tip something? Up. Uh, they tip over when there's a fish. Oh, uh, tip up. Yeah, tip up. Tip yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they set up, I think it's five per person that you can set up. So, and if there's the whole family, yeah. you know, you're setting up a lot probably. Yeah. Um, there's a so lot of drinking our... that goes on with those two. Just <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> the best part. It's yeah. freezing out, you know, you have to. <laughs> Run across ice, you know. <laughs> that's 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 175 fish an hour. Yeah. Oh, there okay, you go. He, he has the math better. Yeah. 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 
it's a hundred it's a yeah. hundred and seventy five mm-hmm. fish an hour mm-hmm. at at five tip ups a person. So are, are tip ups like yo yos? And um, so yo yo is, is like uh, you've seen those retractable lanyards. You push the button and it zips it back up. Well, yeah. yo yo is kind of the same thing. It's kind of like you you pull it out and you attach your fishing string to the end. And when a fish takes it, it zips it up. Is that the kind of same thing as a tip-up no, or is too, a tip-up just like yeah, a... Yeah, it's very old school. Okay. I think the ones they use are like handmade actually, like uh, and hand-painted. It's awesome. Um, but they're just made of wood and then a string that you uh, can reel up, I guess. You just like hook it around a piece of wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's it. And you just set the hook, you know, um, like that. And it's, you have to also real, like when you have a fish, you have to do this like with the string or else you might lose it. Okay. So <laughs> it's a different kind of fishing, but it's super fun. No, that's super cool. I, uh, you know, ice fishing, I, that's like one of the, the greatest Midwest pastimes, you know, once everything freezes thick enough to get on there safely and punch a hole and fishing through the ice can be so much fun. Uh, and anybody that hasn't tried it, you got to try it at least once. If you have ice fishable areas where you live, then, you know, you'll definitely be getting a sled and tip ups or even the short rods just sitting there over the hole in the ice tent jigging. That's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, super fun way to catch fish yeah so what we do now is we bought like a um and so we put the tip-ups outside and then we just jig inside so we we got all our bases covered (laughs) and we make a day of it (laughs) so has your has your partner been fishing his whole life or did you guys start together yeah that's why oh that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah and he's he's the one that encouraged me to like make a make a youtube really um so yeah uh he's been really supportive so it's really nice and he knows way more about fishing than i do he he spends way more time on youtube watching videos <laughs> and I just like watch with him sometimes but learn that way but yeah um, it's fun I, I love it up here it's way different from Southern California <laughs> yeah, yeah that's for sure so yeah. my my next question for you was how did you get from Southern California to Canada? I, I just have to know yeah. uh, how you got from sunny Southern California to the frozen tundra of the North. Yeah, so uh, I went to college in Montreal because okay. I didn't want to be in the States uh, still, <laughs> like after going to Israel, <laughs> I wasn't ready to come back home. So. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college. I wanted to experience a different culture too um, and just put myself in that situation because I don't know. I don't know why I do it, but it helps me grow, I guess, by just putting yourself in different cultures and situations. Anyways, um, so yeah, I, I got accepted in Montreal to university and I studied religion as a major. Okay. <laughs> so that's where I met my partner in Montreal. And yeah, that's how I ended up in Canada. <laughs> so 
So uh, real quick backtracking then, how did you get from LA to yeah. Israel? Uh, did you go to Israel? Uh, on, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting together because we're there again, we're yeah. talking about going from yeah. Southern California to yeah. a, a, a region that, that uh, by no stretch of the imagination is, is fairly volatile. Uh, but but at the same time, yeah, hold, holds took high. Took a while to get used to. Yeah, it, it, at the same time, it, it holds a lot of religious significance for a multitude of different religions. So, and then and then you mentioned that you went to university for uh, uh, religion, uh, so or theology, yeah. however however you want to spin that. So, was not, not going. Theology. Oh, not theology. <laughs> okay, so religion, uh, religious studies. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you go to you go to Israel though. What was the purpose of going to Israel? Oh boy, yeah. So I grew up Jewish, like Reformed Jewish, so not like Orthodox, super religious, but like like Reform, which is like we pick and choose like our prayers and stuff like that. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it <laughs> and there's a lot more music so I got involved uh musically in my um, synagogue and to the point where I was like leading services and I was just really involved in it and I even became a song leader at a Jewish camp in like Washington state um and I knew that I did not want to be in the bubble of Los Angeles anymore um and I had been wanting, I had been feeling like that pretty much all of high school. I was just ready to leave um, LA. So I, uh, Israel was like the next thing, basically. Like I was Jewish. Everyone goes to Israel if you're Jewish. Um, so I signed up for a volunteer program where I taught English. And I worked in a home for people with Alzheimer's um, in like a really underprivileged town over there. Um, some would say dangerous town <laughs> because when I went to my camp the summer before going, there were some Israelis there and they're like, oh, you're going where? I'm like, oh, I'm going to this town. And they're like, oh yeah, that's not a good idea. Not not for you like don't go there <laughs> and I was like oh no like why I ended up having a good experience but it is known for being like a problem area I guess for clashes um and drugs and gangs and stuff like that Interesting. <laughs> but I just I didn't experience that luckily so uh, I don't know if I got out in time or what <laughs> but I had a good experience and I ended up connecting with kids and learning Hebrew and it was a really awesome really awesome experience so and then I'm sorry oh yeah no I was just gonna say and then I after that I went to live on the farm doing I don't know if you've heard of woofing like the organic mm -hmm. farming around the world no yeah <laughs> okay okay well it's a it's basically a program where farmers host people um in exchange for like labor um on their farm so I was like all right I'm gonna give this farm thing a shot you know <laughs> see what it's all about <laughs> and um it was not a great experience 
for me just because I felt overworked like I kind of felt they were taking advantage of me and that was that part was not cool um and they killed the, <laughs> the lamb in front of me so I was pretty turned off from that um but yeah what what was the question <laughs> oh I I was I was really interrupting you um so you leave LA yeah and they and they tell you this, right? They they tell you that you're about to leave LA and possibly go to the Israeli version of LA, and it not it it and I mean that in like violent. Oh, uh, gotcha. Drugs. Yeah. Right. And so, a war, no big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no big deal, right? Had to take cover from rockets, no big deal. So between that period after hearing that what were you just dead set on going or yeah you... no I wanted to go to like a war zone like to be honest like I really wanted to put myself in like a situation because I felt like I had been too protected my entire life and like I saw things on the news but didn't understand what was going on or feel like uh, I just felt like uh, I was too sheltered and I needed, I think I got my reality check, so. <laughs> and so, yeah, I kind of just started traveling a bit, like in Europe um, from Israel, because it was a shorter distance. And I just fell in love with traveling. So I wanted to experience like new cultures. So that's why I had the idea to apply for college in Montreal, because it's French. And there was also a Jewish community there. So I kind of also wanted to make sure I had that backing <laughs> in case I totally like, I don't know, something bad happened. I always had a, like a place I could go to, I guess. Sure. Um, but yeah, and I majored in religion because I was just trying to understand like how religion has affected everything in the world and um, shaped a lot of things in the world and also the psychology behind why people gravitate towards religion or join religions really interested me so that that was that and I would say now I'm not really religious like at one point I took pieces from all religions like the aspects that I really liked um but now I'm just focused on uh, the outdoors and fishing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new chapter, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. it's just so fascinating though. That, that, that's the whole thing. It's like, it, 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 your story's fascinating to see how, how you've ended uh, up here at this point, which you, you still have so much more life yeah. to live, right? You have, you have this great, wonderful life left to live, but you've already lived so much within the span of your life. It's just really cool, you know, and, and people need to know about yeah, that because, because it, well, and I think, <laughs> but I think it also gives basis to your personal philosophies about, about, you know, your, your, your out, connection to the outdoors, the fishing, the, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that that, what, what you've experienced and seen in the world you're, you're not just doing this as like a protesting statement when, when you were talking about like, you know, the bikini yeah. girls out there standing there with a bait casting rod and all this other stuff. You're not making this as like some neo-political statement of all this. You've experienced so much around the world. It's, it's, it, you have a different perspective. And I think that's important for people to notice that you have a different perspective of how the world actually works. 
from coming from a place where where um, vanity was uh, so paramount to a place where vanity didn't matter. It did, you know, it, it, you know, yeah. people weren't worried about getting in front of the the mirror every day and putting on, you know, $80 worth of makeup and, you know, $500 shoes. They were worried about, okay, how am I going to eat? How am I going to survive this day? Especially if I have, you know, rockets flying over my head. And then am I going to come home and find my home blown up or am I going to have stuff stolen from me? I mean, it's a very, it's, it's a very different experience and perspective. So that, that's, uh, you know, for me, that's what I'm processing out of all of this as you're speaking. Yeah. Well, I think I just realized at a young age that, uh, LA is, is one reality for the people living there, but it's not reality. It's not reality in general like there's so many other things happening around the world and you're just exactly like worried about how you're looking and that's why I never felt like I fit in to be honest because I never valued those things like uh, I also have spent a lot of time in Colorado my grandmother um, lived there her whole life so I lived there for like a year and every like all our vacations we would spend in Colorado. So I did have like that connection to nature from a young age. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I never felt like I, I fit into that LA mold um, and never really understood it. So I really wanted to leave <laughs> and escape it. Um, yeah, because it, honestly, it, the culture, it gets into your head when you grow up there. Like you learn to, it's a lot of self-hatred and um, low self-esteem growing up in that type of toxic culture. So I really needed to get out of that and uh, carve my own path, I guess. <laughs> that, that's just, that's honestly so amazing. That's, that Thanks. is, no, that really is, that is, that is so cool. Like, I don't know how much, I, I can't put any more emphasis on that, except <clears throat> it's really, really awesome. It's cool. It's exciting. It's a fantastic story. Thank you. And, I I'm, that. and seriously, just thank you so much for sharing that here. I, yeah, honestly, you know, I didn't know how much I was going to share or how much I should share, but I mean, why not? <laughs> Well, you're, you're, because story... I know like religion can be like, uh, your story sh should be shared. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, Brian, go ahead. I'm just, yeah. Well, no, no. The, the whole <laughs> thing is, is that I, we meet each other through Instagram. Right. And I don't know yeah. you from the next person down the road, except right. for, yeah, Here, here's this sure. person she's got a handle of of the real fisher woman right and and some people are are a little bit more forthcoming with with who they are right they're, they're just kind of like oh and today some guy was just being a jerk on the road and blah 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 blah, blah, blah you know and all this other stuff or some people wear their their politics on their sleeve or something else but but you know yeah. you're you're like laser focused on your stuff so and and that's fine i think that's cool because that's truly as, as bad as I, I, as little as I want to say this and all that, and it doesn't reflect on anybody, uh, uh, social engineering and social media tends to put our focus to a laser level in order to reach mm -hmm. the populations that we want to reach. So you're not going to talk about, yeah. you know, uh, living in Israel because that's going to detract away from 
your your yeah, main crop. But, exactly. but we we can yeah. do it here because we're not controlled by a logarithm. Yeah, it's true. You know, this is this is story <laughs> time. This is real. So it, it's totally yeah. appropriate. But I think I think now knowing more about your story and where you came from and how you transitioned and you've traveled the world and learned so much about cultures and societies just in your travels, uh, it, it it puts a different perspective in my mind. Uh, especially as somebody who is, uh, a, you know, a recreational angler. It also should put in our listener and, yeah. and viewers' minds that you don't have to be from this place in order to be a recreational angler. Just because, you know, Sierra here is, is you know, out fishing doesn't mean that she was born. And, you know, what, what was uh, Jason, uh, uh, Jason's word for uh, all this stuff? This is going to get real vulgar here in a second, but um, uh, especially for our UK folks, but I believe he said that most people in Europe think if you go fishing and hunting, that you're shagging your brother or sister, that, that was his exact words, quote unquote. Now that, that seems to be the common misperception. Like just redneck? Or... Yeah, yeah, inbred. Yeah. It, 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 okay. In, in, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, <laughs> Hey, now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was. <laughs> you know, you are talking to a couple. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. We we roll with it. We, we totally we're, roll with this whole is... thing. Oh, that was such an insult. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no. oh it really wasn't. I was just giving you a hard time. I, I don't care. Yeah, don't neither care do I. You know, we, we, oh, we, we were we were talking man. about the, the you know the influences, but nonetheless. I think I think one of the biggest deals uh, is is that there's a common misperception that somebody sees you like there was a video where you're like oh my car's at the shop getting repaired so I'm gonna come out here and I'm gonna try fishing and you caught a perch and then you hung all your stuff up in a tree and you lost it and you had to call your partner and you're like yeah I lost all my stuff come get me <laughs> and you're like I, I I just need to get the oil changed in my car and I wanted to go fishing and then this damn tree limb got in the way that's real life right but but the common misperception is that, um, you know, people that are into fishing in the outdoors come from like these rural areas, like, like where, you know, John comes from in Tennessee or where I, I grew up here in Oregon. We all come from these rural areas. We're backwoods, inbred, hillbilly rednecks, you know, all this other stuff. We got a whiskey still and we don't wear shoes and God knows what else we do out in the barnyard, but nonetheless, you know, that's the perception, but here you are, you came from urban LA, probably one of the biggest anti-outdoor places in the world. Hands down. Actually, funny enough, like my neighbors were, are big fishermen. Like they go to Alaska every year and they get salmon and they go on these big trips and they actually would give us salmon like every year. Okay. So that's like, like, thought about it (laughs) so that that's probably the exception though would be my guess is that uh what i've garnered out of my travels through california is is that uh in general people don't necessarily uh, there there are groups of folks there like like our friend nick and a a few other folks that we know that are really big into the outdoors there and they go fish and everything else but uh in general the urban population center see nick's not from a massive urban population center so he's more rural the massive urban population centers don't typically produce someone like yourself or like your neighbors that would go up to Alaska and go fish and bring back, you know, uh, uh, Alaska airlines charter yeah. flight full of, you know, uh, uh, salmon, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. So yeah. <laughs> the, 
that, that's the cool part here is that that you're coming from a completely different background totally 100 percent. so i think that that's super cool uh now kind of going back to the nuts and bolts of technical fishing here all right yeah what is your favorite way to fish um honestly drop shotting is it gets the most fish in my opinion um it's it's like it's like the golden ticket for me and if you put like a real piece of meat on there fish are always gonna bite i feel like um so i try to carry cut bait with me if it's not too stinky (laughs) um (laughs) just to ensure that i always catch something but you know sometimes you forget or whatever um (laughs) but also weren't like a plastic worms I like to use um but honestly it depends on like the season and like for example um in the spring I was catching a lot of fish on like micro crankbaits oh yeah those are fun Uh, yeah like I think maybe because yeah, they're really fun and the yeah. fish go after them. Oh my God. So like, obviously I would suggest using that um, for creek fishing at least. Um, and, but like, like spinners are good. Mm-hmm. Spinners are really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Either the inline ones or the regular ones. It, it, you- <laughs> It's it's hard to be an inline spinner. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else? So Honestly, do I don't use a lot of top water. Oh, you need a whopper plopper. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You need a whopper plopper. Yeah, yeah, you really do. If you like fishing for a smallmouth and pike, you need a whopper plopper. Yeah, well, you okay. want you want to have the thrill of your life. Wait till you reel one up and it hits it two feet off the bank. And when you see it, you just see its eye pop out and you see its mouth go around the, the treble. You're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. All right. Yeah, I, I've tried frog fishing. I'm still pretty new at it, so... I'm not super good at it, but I've caught like a couple fish. Um, I guess it's just practice and also buying the bait. I don't own a whopper plopper, I don't think. So. Yeah. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, I gotta try that though. Well, you know, there's there's sorry, I'm I'm cutting both y'all off right now. I've got something real important to say. <laughs> uh, uh, just get a just get a walking topwater. If you don't like oh, yeah. fr- frogs are a lot of work to fish frogs are a ton of work to fish like my wrists i can't fish frogs like that all day i can't fish trick baits like that all day that's why walker hoppers are so effective it's cast and retrieve yeah but what about weeds like you will you will they're they're not weedless yeah see that's where i'm like i feel like if i toss it i'm gonna lose it and then you're then you're losing like 17 dollars. well exactly yeah. so i'm kind of afraid <laughs> well I'll, I'll tell you one thing that i went on amazon and i got some of these knockoff whopper ploppers and i've been popping fish and it was like 22 bucks for eight of them yeah right i know i know the guys okay, will be like okay. well that's not the real thing it's catching fish i don't care 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes the body spins, but I just yeah. make a new shaft for it. I, I've been using those. They're, they're like these real wild looking things. And I'm just like, uh, maybe they'll catch it. You know, it, 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 I got eight of them. I could butcher them and put them together in weird configurations and put flashy tape on them or whatever. I cast it out. Bang, here goes one. I had one roll on it today, which was kind of a shock to me. But, you know, they do work. Uh, uh, jitterbugs, too. Jitterbugs are real effective. Uh, that's, that's what. Yeah. Never used one of those. Son, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's kind of a walking bait. It's just kind of chicka, 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 chicka. They actually make a, um, a right. Pikachu one. Okay. So you can find a Pikachu jitterbug and it's got a little right. tail. That'll blow I them saw up. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool stuff. So uh, also not weedless, but super yeah. easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just, and it walks right across the top of the water. You'd have so much fun with it. But what I was going to ask you was, uh, so you, I see you use bait casting and spin casting. Do you do, have you tried fly fishing yet? Um, like not really. Like my partner has a fly rod and he, he does it. I think I tried once. Um, but I want to, but I'm just trying to master one thing at a time, to be yeah. honest. Like I just got a bait caster for my birthday. <laughs> so I, uh, I really want to master that before I, I go to fly fishing. Um, I've only caught like two fish on it. So <laughs> yeah, I really, yeah, that's my goal. But, but you, you broke the, you broke the skunk off the rod and reel though, right? Yeah. Finally. <laughs> the, the first bait caster I bought, I know this ain't about me, but I, I got stories all the time. Yeah. My first bait caster I bought, I didn't catch a fish on that for seven months. Oh, seven oh really? Seven months. I was like, I am, I, it, that's hard to believe. Was it right? winter or? No, no, no it was March. Oh, it was, oh, it was yeah. March. Oh, and I was like, I'm, I'm the worst fisherman ever. <laughs> I know you really think that <laughs> in your own head. Yeah. The, but the first fish I caught on it was my PB large mouth. Nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was worth it. It was, it was worth, worth it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, so what was so funny about my first bait caster was I bought it for bass and I fished and fished and fished and fished and fished. And I couldn't catch a bass. I put a salmon twitching jig on it thinking I'll never catch anything. And I hooked a 20 pound Chinook on it. And, and I had everybody on the bank staring at me because I had a SLX with an 11 pound drag, 20 pound fish on screaming drag. And I have the yellow braid on it. So it's like racing around. And my buddy's like, this is stupid. And he starts recording. it. I thought it would record better. And it's like this grainy video of him. He's like, this stupid SOB's got a, a 20 pound buck nook <laughs> on a six and a half foot bass rod. And these guys are like, what is wrong with you? And that's the first fish I caught on that. The second one was like a 10 pound coho on a twitching jig. So I was like, if it can handle that, it can handle anything. Uh, it, it popped a rod eye out and everything else <laughs> now, but it's like, I still use it like every single day. It stays in the back of my truck you'll come to love that bait caster to yeah. death just because the action and every, it, there's so much fun. Nothing wrong with spin gear though. The spin gear gets the job done too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially for like Creek fishing. Mm -hmm. uh, spinning is, is the way to go. But yeah, I'm starting to love that bait caster. Like 
as I can actually throw it farther and farther. Because <laughs> 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 at first I was practicing in a park, like uh, my partner, he put like weights at the end and I was just tossing it in a park and people were looking, but whatever, I don't care. One guy walked by and he was like, did you catch anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm just getting used to it. Um, but it was cool to catch two fish and like good sized fish. Like I caught like a good sized pike on it. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, making sure I ain't stepping on nobody. So, so it sounds like you get a lot of your information from YouTube, right? So have you, have you, Probably you probably watched a lot of how how to set up your bait cast or videos. Um, my partner. Maybe. Did. <laughs> okay. Um, and the more just the the only like two cents of advice you didn't ask for that I'm gonna give out. Okay. <laughs> is um, just remember a an accurate cast at 15 feet is better than an inaccurate cast at 40 feet when it comes okay. to bait, when it comes to bait casters. So if, if you can stand from your door and throw your bait into a coffee can 10 feet out, that coffee can pitch or what have, you know, pitching is better than trying to just huck that bait out there as far as I can. Uh, just, just keep that in mind that, um, it's personal gratification and it's, it's satisfying to really, really get a bait out there. Like as far as you can, you're like, yeah, I did that. that that's, that's, that's right. You're like, you're like that mountain over there. Yeah. I'm about to send this whopper popper over there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just, just remember that uh, accuracy is probably more crucial with a bait caster. Okay. And uh, if you are going for those just bomb overhead casts after you get it out, turn your hand like you're opening a door, doorknob. Right? Okay. Yeah. And that, that, that takes, yeah, just like that. Yeah. So I don't have bait casters anymore, but as you, if you're overhead, just right, it's coming out your thumb and your spool, turn your hand sideways. Hmm. Okay. So what that does is it, it takes your spool off the, this this is my dubbing whirler by the way it takes your spool off this horizontal axis which i don't know if that's x or y because i'm not that smart anymore and it puts it on this axis and what it does is it slows it down huh. so it lets it instead of over spooling it's just your bait pulling the line off huh. because what happens often is as the bait arcs up because overhead cast you're you're coming up like this and then it dips down right yeah. well well, as it starts coming back down, well, your spool is still pulling at Mach 19, right? So it, what, it, what it tends to do is over spool. So when you here and then turning it. I have so much to learn. <laughs> that, that, that's just, people, people, people don't talk about that a lot. Well, it's, it's really it's, helpful though, so thank you. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah, just people call it like a roll cast. Like they're not, not like with fly fishing, but like yeah. you're turning a doorknob or rolling the rod over. Yeah. You cool. flip and yeah. It, so it'll help. How do you, 
flip flip the bait. Okay, so flipping's actually super easy. Okay. Uh, it, it really is. Um, but typically, depending on how tall you are and how long your rod is, it's usually more effective if you're on a boat because that like six inches you're above the water usually helps you out a lot. But yeah. it doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean you can't flip and pitch off of the, you know, the bank. But so release you, release your spool, right? You're holding it with your thumb. And have you ever heard of a bow and arrow cast? No. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I won't get into that. But what you're doing is you're you're holding your bait in your hand, right? I, I pinch my line, and I only do this with jigs and soft plastics because they have one hook. Uh, you're never gonna pitch or flip something that's not heavy with one hook right yeah. so but you load your rod tip down and i like to pull it down to my belt that's what's comfortable for me uh, different people do different things some people are like way up here and you'll you'll figure it out whatever's comfortable for you but i like so my rods up my rod tips up i bring my tip down a little bit and then i pull the bait down on my waist to my belt and then as i load my rod tip I move my wrist out and then release my bait and take my thumb off my spool and then thumb back to the spool. It's, it sounds complicated, but it's really simple. You're just, you're loading your rod tip. Yeah. Right. So what that does, it, it lets you make short, accurate casts because if you're over here and you cast in your rod seven and a half feet, right? Well, are you going to be able to cast that three feet and just, just stop it because you're casting 10 feet in front of you, right? No. So you put your rod tip down and it allows you to get the full cast out. Gotcha. So it's similar to a spinning, like in the sense that you hold out like and throw? No? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly okay. what you're talking about. You're talking <laughs> about um, opening the bale. Yeah on your spinning reel yeah 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 it's, it's, it's the exact yeah. same thing you're okay it's just yeah okay that makes that makes sense yeah yeah <laughs> well it, i've just been trying to cast like without spooling to be honest <laughs> so that's so. that, that's not bad um you want your brakes yeah do you have magnetic and like a centripetal braking system do you have a do you have a do you have a little dial and then do you have a side plate that you can take off or is it just one little dial um but what do you have if you don't yeah i have a shimano carrot okay you yeah. got the knob you have the knob I have a, yeah i the, thought so well yeah. you have a you have a what like the 250 Corrado 250 200 HG 200 H yes. All right, so yeah, that's that's the it's the right handed and it's, you you actually you have a side plate left handed Le left handed sorry. Well, I'm left. I use the left handed. So you reel <laughs> on the left side. That I doesn't matter. Yeah, on the left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, you, you do have a side plate on your. That you can take off there should be a button underneath uh start with three on three off okay because those are that that's the svs oh for the brakes you're yeah. talking about yeah 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 no i i've 
I've tried casting with all the breaks on and off <laughs> and gotten it to where I'm like comfortable at. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then your other knob on the side is, is kind of like for wind, re realistically, not your spool tension knob. Oh, okay. uh, but, but you may have even another knob. No. I don't think so. Not, a, not on the Corrado. Not it, on it the Corrado. I, I know like on the SLX, it's got the internal brake plus. The I have the Corrado DC. What do I have? Oh, I, I have a Corrado. Oh, no, I have a KS. I'm sorry. I have a KS. But I know the Corrado's yeah. got the. Yeah. I, I have the Corrado. I got three different. <laughs> I, for some reason I was thinking about the little Rolly. Rolly uh, I, I had a, two Corrado DCs. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about like the little Rolly dude on there that you always keep on fluorocarbon because none of the rest of them work right yeah that's but, the, you, you um, have to have it. they really they, they really don't if you ever get dc reels are like a hoax bro they're, oh yeah they, they they sound they sound awesome like the bee, you know when you yeah cast i don't it, like that it's that awesome. sounds it's really satisfying yeah <laughs> Yeah. it's it's digital bro I yeah feel, that's what i don't like I about feel it like i'm going 88 yeah <laughs> and <laughs> and um but yeah i'd recommend like three on three off on your brakes and i'd fit i'd cast that for like ever um really big heavy stuff once you figure out your your three on three off um do whatever you want heavy stuff is so easy to cast yeah. so yeah. easy to cast but the Corrado's a you you have an outstanding yeah reel. i know i know i love it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. very Good grateful <laughs> yeah so i had been wanting a bait caster for so long and i actually won it in a giveaway oh, that i ended i i didn't end up getting the giveaway because of border yeah. issues and FedEx issues but um so I had been wanting one for like over a year and finally I got one so I'm so excited <laughs> such a nice reel too it is they're pretty yeah yeah so you know just to kind of oh I don't know I don't want to sit here and say summarize and do all this other stuff but um I out of all of your experiences like we just went through and, and did like a, a 10 minute tech talk on on reels and stuff like that <laughs> but but obviously and and that's good because uh, not not everybody knows the those finite differences on like the bait casters and how they all adjust it because you go into the fishing shop and there's just like racks yeah. and racks and racks so mm -hmm. I, I think but this this leads into a really good thing that i want to yeah and it's money too you know it, but yeah but in your own personal, yeah, it gets expensive, but in your own personal experience as, as somebody that's fishing, what, what has been something that's been really challenging? Have you, what kind of challenges have you had to overcome outside of like, you know, being able to go to YouTube to access information. And then, you know, like, obviously we're sitting here talking, we're like, Hey, try this, try that. You know, we're, we're throwing advice out there. Like, Hey, this is a super cool reel. Try this lure, that lure, this fishing method, that fishing method. But being a new angler, what what kind of challenges have you had to overcome? Um, just figuring out what the fish want to eat and what time of day. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's always the challenge, I guess, for an angler, <laughs> mm -hmm. especially if it's a water that you've never fished before, which I do a lot. Um, so because I'm always trying to find new places to fish, um, but I don't always know what I'm going to find, you know, or what the fish are going to like, or maybe they just don't feel like fighting that day, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so it, yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Um, but I, I, you know, you go, you have your go-tos, go-to baits that you, you try. Um, and then that's, if those don't work, then I usually try a bait that I'm less comfortable with, I guess, um, and see if that works. And sometimes I get skunked and that's just the way it is. But like, I always try to make sure that I enjoy my surroundings while I'm fishing. So even if I get skunked, I'm not totally like pissed yeah. off, you know? Yeah. Cause it, it, you can get pretty mad while fishing sometimes. So <laughs> it could be frustrating, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, it can yeah. be. Yeah. So I think just that was a challenge is just like overcoming the frustration and just like relaxing and enjoying where you are. Um, yeah. And I would say also a challenge as like a female angler would be fishing alone um, and having people like creeps around sometimes, you know? Like I like to fish in the evenings. I'm not really a morning person. <laughs> so um, that's what I like to fish and they really only bite like when the sun goes down. Um, so, but I've had like a number of guys like just creep around and I'm like, can I help you? You know, it kind of like puts you on edge like as a woman at least, um, especially cause I don't really have anything to protect myself. Like actually I do have a machete so I could bring that gonna bring that next time yeah. <laughs> but yeah like I'm fishing parks alone like in the dark kind of so it can get a bit sketchy and I think a lot of people don't realize um how like like people guys will just come up to me and start talking about fishing as the sun is going down and I'm alone and we're alone and there's nobody around mm -hmm. and I think um it's not something a lot of guys consider because they don't have to necessarily but like for a girl that's fishing alone it's kind of sketchy if a guy is coming up to you and and talking to you so just to be like aware of that <laughs> kind yeah. of thing um yeah. it's it really sucks that we live in in a society where you have to worry about that i mean every everyone everyone says that oh it is so terrible but it's really unfortunate and yeah i don't even know I, if it's I, society i think it's just how the world there's always going to be like weirdos you oh, know always, no matter yeah. what society they live in <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately yeah so but that's just a challenge for me as a woman fishing alone in a place are, are you able to like i don't i don't know the uh canadian laws but are you guys like able to conceal carry or carry weapons or yeah the gun laws are really strict here um you have to get a gun license and that's just for like like a basic like a rifle like if it's a concealed gun that's a separate license 
Um, and I think you need like recommendations to present to a judge, like basically to make sure that you're mentally sound to do that. Um, but for like a rifle, um, it's just like a safety course that you need to take. And you also have to apply additionally like paperwork. Sure. Um, that's pretty much it. But my partner just got his actually. Fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. So we can go hunting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So excited. And if you're with somebody who has a license, then you can also shoot um, with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you're with someone oh, accompanied. Oh, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a little different up here. But well, it, it definitely ain't yeah. Texas. I think it works. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Opposite of Texas, I would yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can, we can, oh, well, we can't, well, we can open carry, but it's, it's constitutional carry here now. Mm-hmm. You don't need shit yeah. and you can carry. Yeah. <laughs> we, we won't, we won't get into that. I saw we won't the premise, get into that. <laughs> but, but that gives it, it gives everyone the availability you know yeah that, with good and bad but we will like i said this yeah. is a fishing podcast right yeah. so. <laughs> so, yeah. so your your big challenges that you have to overcome then as as a female angler basically you're like your safety and and things like that you well yeah I mean, yeah. uh, but, but, you know, this, is, and like I said, I don't want to go down the deep, dark rabbit hole of like, you know, whatever political garbage or societal garbage, all this other stuff. But, you know, John and I have noticed something and, and we flat out said it. It's like, you know, you don't see a lot of other anglers respecting female anglers, unless they're the ones that are in like the, 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 the bikinis out on the, you know, the flats boat in Florida, you know, not even fishing. They're just standing out there. They don't even know how the damn rod works. You know, uh, that seems to be yeah. the, the perception of woman anglers. Have you, have you ran up against anything like that? I mean, you got a really nice personality. So it, I, I think it would oh, be, thanks. well, it, but, but you're very approachable and easy to talk to. Right. And you're, and you're always positive in your videos. But the thing, the thing that, that I, I know that there's just people out there that, that, that kind of thing just pisses them off. It grinds their gears just because, you know, there's a gasket blown or a spring sprung somewhere deep down in the, in the gear workings of the mind for some of those people. Have you ever ran across any like those trolls or weirdos out there that, that just give you crap about like how you hold your fish or, you know, how that you eat uh, your fish or keep your fish? I mean, I mean, some of those people, they, they need to go. Well, yes, I won't say what they should do because there's there's, yeah. you know, there's right and wrong. But anyways, so what's I been do, your experience? I have a story. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't know if you've seen the documentary Sea Spiracy, it was on Netflix and it was talking about overfishing in the ocean. Okay, so, and I commented being like, yes, this is awesome. Thank you for bringing this to light. And some animal rights uh, activists went off on me because I commented with my fishing page and not my personal page. <laughs> So they saw that I was fishing and murdering fish. Uh, yes. yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so they went off on me and they didn't understand the difference, first of all, between saltwater fishing and freshwater fishing. So there was a problem from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, and they didn't understand that there's regulations in uh, freshwater fishing and conservation. And they just had no clue about any of that and were just saying horrible things to me. And luckily, uh, I let some people in the fishing community know and they jumped on it. Um, they got attacked a little bit, which sucks, but I appreciate them coming to my defense. And ironically, one of the people commenting was a was a woman, and I go to her page, and it's just ass, 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 ass. And her bio was something like, oh, I'll teach you how to manipulate men. And I was like, this person is giving me moral advice? <laughs> like really <laughs> like uh so i mean it's just the most it's the dumbest shit ever like i don't yeah. it's the dumbest shit ever it is. yeah it's, it's like <laughs> I, I, I know. Like, how can you even talk? Like, all I have to do is click on your profile, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I, I mean, and everybody has their own thing. You know, I, I, I see people, you know, I'll see kids, they'll grab a fish wrong or something like that. They're learning. Fish are tough, you know. They kill the fish, you know, or somebody pulls it up on. I, I, I caught a stupid ass sucker fish, right? And I put a video of it up. I, I, I brought it up on the bank. Keep in mind, it's like 30 degrees outside, right? And it's pouring down rain. It's not snowing or freezing. It's pouring down rain. I hooked this fish. I have it up on the bank and I took a, I took a video. I'm like, well, first time I've ever caught one with a sucker. I had this lady. She like makes dog leashes and shit like that. And she was like, oh, this is so poopy and terrible. That poor fish is suffering. It's like, lady, the dogs right, that you put right. your shitty collars in and your shitty little bibs in and everything else, those dogs are suffering because you're probably twisting its damn arm off while you're trying to stuff its fucking arm into the oh, goddamn thing. Yeah. You know, it's like you torture <laughs> pets that can't get away. I catch a fish and unhook the bastard and 30 degree pouring down rain and I kick it back and you're going to bitch, shut up. Yeah. Just shut I, up. Uh, you have I, no uh, idea. And this fish yeah. is just like, all right, whatever. It's just like hanging out, you know, eyes popped out and everything else you know that's that's the whole thing is like when you when you get like the animal rights people they're like oh god don't molest the animals and all this other stuff and it's like dude you, you realize like you, you have no idea what's going on like there there's a there's yeah. a big initiative petition here right I, i'll i'll keep this on track but just as an example uh, there's an animal rights activist and, and John knows what I'm talking about. Cause I, I have been pissed. Like this is, this has put me like homicidal a couple of times. Oh no. What Getting, are they doing? Well, so this, this, this is deep down in the mind bowels of somebody that's truly insane. Like, I mean, they should, it, it, all right, I'll, I'll stop insulting the guy and I'll just tell you what it is. So okay. this, this initiative petition, which is not going to be a law, this is here in Oregon, basically would say that it is sexual assault of an animal if you artificially inseminate it uh, for agricultural production, uh, if you um, do willful harm to the animal. So that means like hunting, like you go out and you shoot a deer, uh, that, that, that's considered to be animal abuse, a felony level animal abuse under this law. Um, if, if you, you do anything sexual to, uh, any kind of animal. So that's like spaying, neutering, anything like that. 
so so basically leave the populations unchecked um milking cows right on a dairy farm is considered sexual assault under this law um uh trapping fishing like catch and release fishing barbless hooks all that good stuff that would be considered against the law like felony level prison time if you do this 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 law and and that's only on the surface of it that's not gonna pass nobody's gonna vote for that uh, uh, i'll <laughs> beg to differ i i could take you to some of really? the most and and those of you that are listening in oregon right now uh please take note especially the agricultural folks because this this law has been drafted by somebody who is so stark raving insane that that literally i i can't make this up this is written out you have to be bonkers to sit there and say that letting natural breeding production of cattle to happen versus artificial insemination is safer for the cow same with horses you ever seen what a cow or a horse do to each other like a stallion and a mare i mean it's like hooves and horns and biting and snot and kicking uh, it's more abusive to put put a, a bull in with a bunch of cows in an enclosed area to breed than artificial insemination. I, I'm sure I can have a lot of farmers back that up. You know, uh, it, it just doesn't work. It, 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 but these are the types of people that are going after you. It, it, it's like, and 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 that's the most intelligent yeah. logic that can be drafted out of it. So it, it, it's bizarre to me when when you say that, like, oh, this person hates fish, blah blah blah. You know, and I don't know what the context of the conversation was, but uh, you know. Oh. Yeah, uh, it, it's definitely it's a it's a it's a hot point for me because it was basically uh, fish have feelings too. That was basically. <laughs> yeah, they eat each other. They're cannibals. Trout are cannibals. <laughs> you know. Oh my god, they're they're so predatory. They're so vicious. Yeah. yeah. Man. My favorite not predator fish that is a predator fish is a bluegill. Yeah. Because they oh. are li li literally. Uh, they have the heart of a lion in the mouth of a kitten. Yep. Uh, they voracious. They will hit anything yeah. and they will destroy yeah, it. Yeah, they're so aggressive. Fish are so savage. Yeah. And uh, literally they are. Mm -hmm. They're just savage. I mean. Nature is know. savage. Like yeah. that's just how it is. And you can't deny nature like that and then all these all these folks they're like you can't do that well i'm going to for one so you don't you don't have to follow me and be rude yeah and, and yeah they, they just don't understand no they don't I, I, understand. Yeah, that's the problem and and it's and it's not ignorance it's stupidity i think yep. it's also ignorance though like i don't think like I learned uh, over time when I started getting into fishing about conservation and all that, but I really didn't know anything about it and how like they use hunters to control populations, which makes sense, but I never actually thought about it before. Um, so, and if you're from the city, you're not thinking about that because you don't hunt or fish or you're just thinking about, oh, the animals are getting killed. Oh no. But at, at the same time, uh, I see what you're saying. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna devil, devil's advocate this. Okay. If you're gonna, if you're gonna talk shit to someone, you better have your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. right? right, right, right. Ha have, have your ducks in a row. Know what you're talking about. Have yeah. your factual information. Like if I'm, if me, John Morris, if I'm 
tomorrow going to be a, a human right, not human rights, but animal activist, right? If I'm going to be it, an animal activist, I'm no longer going to fish or anything like that. I've got a pretty good idea of what I'm going to talk about. You know, I've, I've been fishing for damn near 30 years now. Yeah. Like they, they just don't do any homework. I'm, and yeah. I'm sure some of their, you know, their upper echelon, if you will, have done their homework, but they're just not, they're just taking it at face value. Yeah, yeah. They're not, exactly. they're not actually, I don't know. It, it's, yeah. I, I think the hunters and anglers care way more about conservation and the animals than mm-hmm. any of these people ever could. Yep. We also contribute a lot more money to it as well. Actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you go, you go to one of those wildlife viewing platforms at any national wildlife refuge who paid for it, the three people you see on the screen and plus millions of others through our, our fishing pole purchases and our tackle purchases and our license purchases and our rubber raft purchases and our boats and all these other cool things that we all buy because we, we do believe, you know, we find the beauty in wildlife too. You know, I'm not going to go out and shoot a great blue heron or, or a sandhill crane. I mean, you can in certain places, but I'm, uh, that's not my thing. I want to go watch them do their thing in nature. I want to see bald eagles doing their thing. I want to see raptors. I like seeing fawn deer with the doe go bounding off the side. I'll just sit there and watch it because it's fun. I'll watch a coyote hunt mice or, you know, whatever, whatever. I'll, I'll watch a fox in the field. It, it's cool. I don't have to kill everything in sight. I think it, everything has its purpose in nature. But, but I also, yeah. like the three of us understand too, uh, we, we understand that there's a place uh, for, for human conservation. You know, what do we do? Do we remit our evolution uh, of, of, you know, our society in lieu of saving animals that, you know, w- eventually, you know, there will be die-offs and things like that of a lot of different things whether that's or overpopulation yeah. yeah 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 exactly you can have one overpopulate the other you know that it's just one of those things that, that we have to accept and we are a part of the food chain that's that's the bottom line um yeah. you know not everybody has to adopt to that it's not it's not mandatory but we are a part of that so um well not to jump off of that next, that last thing too much, but, um, you know, we're kind of coming up here, uh, on, uh, towards the end of this, but what I wanted to ask you, uh, just kind of in, in the closing thoughts and everything else is, is, uh, where do you want to go with all of your fishing and, and media? Yeah, well, I'm hoping like it's going to take off at some point. That's the dream, you know, the, uh, be a fisherwoman that people know about. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping we're working towards like, we're hoping to move into the mountains soon, maybe like within the next couple of years, like that's our plan. Our plan is to like live a sustainable lifestyle basically um, and not have to rely on others. So I'm hoping to document that as well in the future um and that's that's my main goal i think um, is to have that lifestyle very cool john you got anything else for sierra no just 
seriously, I, I mean, I, I didn't know you from Adam and Eve. I've, I've, I, I don't think I've honestly ever even spoken with you. No, to be honest. Yeah. So just to be able to meet you for one was awesome for you coming on here to do that, by the way, was, I, I can't, I really can't express my gratitude. It, it's mm-hmm. without people like you. Yeah. Me and Brian, we can sit on here and we can hoot and holler and talk about all this other stuff. Right. But without people like you, this podcast doesn't really exist to be, you know, blatantly honest and your story. I, I just, please someday no seriously someday you know either write it down or make a youtube video or something just that's an amazing story up to this point and you've got so many more amazing stories that are going to happen but please while while you've you remember it all so vividly just write that down and be able to share that with some people because that that really is you're doing awesome stuff. You've got an amazing story. You've got an amazing personality for this. You are going to be a role model for young women anglers. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah. Damn, you guys are so nice. Well, it's so nice talking to you guys. Well, so and chill. I, I want to, I want to echo that sentiment. You know, uh, it, it's so nice to meet, uh, you know, not only just a, a, a woman, but another person a human being that that has not only had such super cool uh experiences in their in their life but also um the fact that that yeah you you have a wonderful personality it 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 shows in your videos it shows in your posts it it shows your passion but also to have just such a uh enduring like a, a like an exploring spirit that that people can relate to i think that that's a really cool thing you know it it's absolutely great to be able to talk to you about all this stuff because i think i think for a lot of people they're seeing your pictures all they do is they just hit the like you know it's like oh i like that you know and it's a very empty thing but to in order to really sit down and talk face to face like we're all live here we're talking this is this is super cool because this is like one of those things where okay yeah we didn't know if we were going to just be like you know i never talked to you before but i'd watched your videos and and it was like she's going to be pretty good but I didn't, I didn't realize that you were going to be, you know, this, this very, you know, well-traveled articulate person. So I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. I, and you might giggle and be like, Oh my God, you know, but it's true. And, and we don't find a lot of genuine people out there on social media. So it's so refreshing to meet somebody that's so genuine and, and true to themselves and, and really follows through with what they believe. And so I think it's really cool. Um, I can't thank you enough for being on here you want to plug where people can find you? Um, yeah, I'm the real Fisher woman. You can find me on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. And that is real with E-E-L. E-L, yes. Very cool. Yeah. Damn, thanks so much, you guys. You guys are so cool. It was so nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> well, uh, awesome. thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, that that's going to do it for today's episode. So Sierra, thanks again for coming on. All of you out there listening, make sure that you get over to our Instagram page, uh, the Working Class Fishing Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube under Working Class Fishing Podcast. Uh, you can email us at workingclassfish at gmail.com. 
And we hope to hear from everybody. If you want to keep hearing more of these great episodes, please feel free to shoot us over your ideas and suggestions. So until next time, all of you get out there and get to fishing. See ya. <laughs>